Hi, everybody. So this is really exciting. We are here to have our latest episode of His, His Picks, Hers, Her Picks, and we are talking uh, about Sherlock Holmes today. This is going to be really fun. We're talking about uh, the Basil, two Basil Rathborn Sherlock Holmes, and we're talking about two Jeremy Brett uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be really fun. Uh, my friend Richard is here with me. You want to say hi? Hello. Yeah, and uh, so we're doing things a little, so we're doing things a little differently this time because uh, because all the uh, the things we're looking at were about an hour long. Yeah, so we could do like two of each. Right, and uh, and we're doing technically my pick with with uh, Jeremy Brett is uh, is television, but it has a cinematic feel to it. I think. Yeah. I, would you agree? Yes. I think I think so. Yeah, so particularly with the um, the amount of detail put in the production, that's what I was quite impressed. They were able to do so much on the the budget that they must have had. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, we had seen uh, all the other Sherlock, pretty much all the other Sherlock Holmes versions. So uh, this was just going to be really fun. And I don't know, what's your sort of history with Sherlock Holmes? Like, is this something you've been a big fan of? Well, I, really, I really love Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, the first um, I think the first time I was introduced to the character was the Basil the Mouse Detective. Okay. So, yeah, and um, he, and then I just must have picked up various versions along the way. I remember there was this cartoon called Sherlock Holmes in the twenty second century. Which oh, really, I haven't heard of that. that. Yeah. It's like Sherlock Sherlock Holmes being brought back to life in the future, and Doctor Watson is a robot, and that, and. Uh, Oh, and then I read good. the, and then I got a whole anthology of the Arthur Conan Doyle stories at one point and read them all. And so, and so I've seen a few different versions, and I got into these um, these Basil Rathbone ones through this uh, this podcast that I'd heard about them called the The Secret History of Hollywood. Mm. And so I got the the box set of the the films, and I, I thought they were really great. Cool. Yeah my my dad does not watch a- any television or movies hardly at all like hardly at all but the one thing that he made sure that he taped back in the day uh was the jeremy brett sherlock holmes and we we would watch it and uh and so that was sort of how we got kind of started on my family just like loving anything sherlock holmes and we loved the great mouse detective uh, oddly enough, I don't ever remember really watching much of the Basil Rathbone, which is surprising. Uh, you think that we would have, but, uh, maybe we did and I just forgot. Uh, but, uh, we, you know, we would have long debates where we talk about the, uh, or Robert Downey Jr. versions, which none of us liked. None of us right. liked those versions. Yeah. Yeah. And, I didn't like the first one, but, uh, not, not so much the second one. Oh yeah. Second one, especially, but it just felt more like a, I'm just not a big fan of Guy Ritchie's style. And I felt like he was trying to turn it into a Victorian James Bond instead of Sherlock Holmes. Like I didn't like the action elements to it. It just didn't feel like Sherlock Holmes to me. Um, so what have you thought of the, uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch um, Sherlock? I really, I really liked the, uh, the first three seasons. I thought they were very enjoyable. I always watched them, but the, uh, there's the last season that went a bit, went a bit too far for me. Yeah. It just got, it got quite silly to be honest. Yep. over the top yeah agreed it, it it didn't even feel like sherlock holmes at all uh by that point it felt like 
to me, a cheap horror movie. Like I, I really hate, I really hated it. I thought it was awful, but, uh, um, but yeah, for the first, especially first two seasons, I was really into it. I really thought it was great. And, uh, and then it got kind of gimmicky, which was unfortunate, but, uh, he's great in the role, uh, with, um, yeah, uh, Sherlock. Uh, so hopefully maybe they'll come back and redeem themselves. Maybe. But, <laughs> I bet Stephen Moffat wants to do uh, Dracula now. Oh yeah. Oof. I, I, because <laughs> Stephen Moffat has become my least, one of my least favorite people in Hollywood. <laughs> I don't like the way that he he's too gimmicky for me. He's always trying to like twist a roux and whatever, is, yeah. and I don't like that. Yeah, he, he did do one one series on uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde at some point. I, I never watched that. What's it called? Uh, it's just, it's just called Jekyll, I think. Oh, oh, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he has had some good uh, Doctor Who episodes and oh, yeah. things like that, but. He's also had a lot of gimmicky Doctor yeah. Who episodes he's, too. So yeah. his best episodes were when he wasn't a showrunner and he was doing these individual stories for each season. Mm-hmm. Right, mm. right. Well, cool. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, your two choices first. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I hadn't seen either of these uh, films. These were Basil, uh, starring Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce. <clears throat> as Holmes and Watson. And w- let's talk about uh, Sherlock Holmes faces death first. And this, this is just over an, both of these are just over an hour. Mm-hmm. And they're probably uh, part of uh, a lot of movies from this era were about an hour because they'd make a part of sort of a double feature when you go to the theater. And mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes people would spend the whole day at the theater and you'd see uh, four or five movies uh, just stacked on top of each other. And you'd see like newsreels in between the, the different or, or little uh, animated shorts uh, were popular. That's how, yeah. you know, Disney and other people got started was because uh, in between all these features, they'd have these little, uh, little animated shorts. Uh, and, uh, so it's kind of it's just interesting because uh, you you think of that era that a lot of why are these movies all so sh- so short? <laughs> That's why. Uh, but uh, Sherlock Holmes faces death. That was uh, 1943. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's basically an applica- uh, an ad- adaptation of the Musgrave ritual. Yeah, it's not a direct adaptation. It kind of it's kind of inspired by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, loose adaptation, they say. Uh, and uh, so what do you think about the, uh, I guess tell us maybe a little bit about it. And uh, what did, what did you think about it? Well, basically the, um, he, it should be said that this movie is actually, it actually takes Sherlock Holmes out of the Victorian setting and puts it in the 1940s. That was, uh, that was something the Universal Studios did because then they could save a bit of money on, on period sets and costumes. And also the first few movies that, Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce did for Universal. The, the Nazis were the villains. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then they so then they made this one, which was more of a a mystery, but still set in the nineteen forties. So in this film, um, it takes place at uh, Musgrave Manor, which is uh, being used for the for the recuperation of wounded soldiers in England. And Doctor Watson is based there, and his assistant gets his assistant gets attacked. 
And, and so he calls Holmes to come and investigate. And while Holmes is there, the uh, two two members of the Musgrave family are, who live in the manor are both killed. And we have Holmes trying to figure out who's who's behind all this and why. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about it on the rewatch or watching? I really, I really enjoy it. It is, it is one of the best... Uh, of the Rathbone films, having having seen them all in this box set, it's a uh, it's definitely one of the one of the best ones. And I think the um, the fact that we have this proper who done it really works in the the film's favour, and also the the, the setting that they have, have with uh, with Musgrave Manor, this quite spooky old house, and the fact that you see all these different characters behaving suspiciously, so you don't know exactly who's who's behind it all. Yeah, yeah, I really, I mean, it's just because coming off of of, of Sherlock not that long ago. I, I, I really enjoyed how these were like cases, you know, again, mm-hmm. and I, cause they, they've totally lost that completely in, in Sherlock. Yeah, and yeah. And I, I thought that it was really fun, especially towards the end when he starts to kind of, uh, outwit the, the bad guy, you know, that you see him sort of putting in all of the, the pieces together and you think that, uh, he's, like crazy like what are you doing <laughs> why are you like why are you putting yourself in danger like what are you doing and uh, he's but he's got it all figured out and that's what's great about Sherlock Holmes is he's his that's why I don't really like the whole action element of the Robert Downey Jr. ones is because that's not to me Sherlock Holmes is great because his superpower is his brain yeah. he's not an action hero uh, and I, I just love when he's the smartest guy in the room I guess yeah, he's just he. Yeah, it's just it's all about his deductive skills, isn't it? This is, I mean, the Robert Downey Jr. films they place more emphasis. They place more emphasis on the the action and the fighting, even mm-hmm. though there is a little bit of deduction there. But this this is probably based on the on him figuring things out. Yeah. It, except for just a little bit of a fighting at the end. Yeah, and I I liked the. I thought that it was sort of surprising who the villain ended up being because you yeah, get, yeah. there's a lot of red herrings in here. Yeah. And I thought that it worked. It was kind of a yeah. surprise. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure. I, mean, I wasn't quite sure. I did notice that, um, that the villain, he did, he was behaving a little bit suspiciously during the, the, the chess game that, uh, that Sherlock set up. But, uh, he, but I wasn't quite sure in, until the actual reveal. Right. Yeah. yeah. So... I, I I thought that was good, and uh, yeah, you're right. It sort of has a creepy sort of uh, haunted house kind of feel to it. Yeah, and the whole idea of sort of the curse of the uh, of the Musgraves is is very is well done. Yeah, yeah, particularly with the beginning when they first come to the manor and the the wind is blowing so ferociously. Yeah, and it, it, and the way it looks on the trees, it's it it, it, it looks. It looks quite unnerving. What do you think of Nigel Bruce's version of Watson? Yeah, I do like I like him. I mean, this is the um, I mean, it was this series that kind of made Watson into more of a buffoonish character. Yeah. Whereas, whereas in the original stories, he's he's a bit more level-headed. But uh, he, he, but from what I've heard, he, from what I've heard about it, it felt kind of exaggerated because he's he's what he. This version of Watson, he's a little bit clumsy. He's clearly not as clever as Holmes, but he's not like a, a total idiot. He's not. He, he's not playing the same league as Inspector Lestrade is portrayed here because he's he's definitely a comic relief character, and he, and so it really, and so he does well to, to you know, give Watson providing a bit more humour and uh, 
Andy, a bit more of an, an everyman compared to Holmes. Yeah, he's definitely more sort of a, a buffoon kind of type compared yeah. to other versions of, of Watson. Yeah. yeah. Oh. He just kind of looked the part in that way, Nigel Bruce. Quite, quite heavy set. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wonder if there was just something about the the way like comedy was done, the way I wonder what, you know, the reason was for the 1940s, uh, why that, that particular version was, was done. It'd be interesting to know. Yeah, uh, maybe it was just that the, they felt it worked well for a kind of mainstream cinematic approach. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of sort of the ending of it? I, I thought the ending was, was good, except for obviously it's very risky for uh, for Holmes to put himself in danger, mm-hmm. as you say. And he can't, he, I mean, you can't see him um, saying he's going to go away to Newcastle and get the, the equipment that he needs. You kind of wonder if he's if he's actually planning something, if he's got something else in mind, like in like he does in the Hand of the Baskervilles when he pretends to go away to to lure the lure the killer out. Yeah. And, and then we get this this mystery thriller where where somebody's trying to get Watson out of the way. Hey, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't think the climax certainly works. Yeah, and I think it's kind of cool, especially if you think of 1943, uh, the uh, Sally that she destroys the, the bond. Yeah. So, you know, she is, she chooses uh family and her relationships over, yeah. over being rich and the money. And yeah, it's nice. This little uh, monologue that Holmes gives at the end about the, the new spirit abroad in the land of, of charity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, te- he tends to do that in these, uh in these films, Basil Rathbone. I think in one film, he actually gives a, a monologue at the end about how, how nice Canada is. Oh, interesting. In a film where, I think it's the Scarlet Claw, where the, the film is set in Canada. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I have it here. It says, there's a new spirit abroad in the land. The old days of grab and greed are on their way out. We're beginning to think of what we owe the other fellow, not just what we're compelled to give him. The time's coming when we shan't be able to fill our bellies in comfort while other folk go hungry or sleep in warm beds while others shiver in the cold when we shan't be able to kneel and thank God for blessings before our shining altars, while men anywhere are kneeling in either physical or spiritual subjection and God willing will live to see that day. Yeah. So there you go. I didn't realize that, that he, uh, he, he, he gave sort of a (laughs) motivational speech kind of at the end of a lot of these. Well, like I said, the the films before that were involved the, uh, the Nazis and this is when the war was still going on. So he's, so he would do things like that. Okay. What do you so, think so, of Nigel Rathbone's version of Holmes well. in, in general? Well, yeah, I think he, he, you know, he. I think I used to consider Jeremy Brett my favourite, but I think he kind of just um, he kind of just beats Jeremy Brett in my mind. He seems a. I, mean, I know we're going to be talking about Jeremy Brett later, but he's a. You see, he seems a little bit more human and less detached than than Brett does. Yeah. And I, I suppose Brett is truer to the the book. He's right. very, he's, he, he like he. He controls the room when he's there, and he, he, but he is very, still very friendly and very charismatic, and shows a lot of enthusiasm. And I think that um, probably the, the portrayal of Basil in The Great Mouse Detective was probably drew a lot from Rathbone. Definitely, yeah. for sure, and uh, yeah, you definitely see that. And I don't know. I just it's very. Uh, 
very classic, but I, I found him very, very charismatic. And that's what you need from, uh, from a show, from this kind of Sherlock Holmes. And, uh, so yeah, he was great. I really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I thought he was just owned the screen to use cliche. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, cool. Uh, well, uh, should we, of, of these two that you picked, which, which one's your favorite? I like face. I like Faces Death a bit more than the Spider One, but they're both they're both among my favorites of all the the ones I've seen. Mm, okay, yeah. I think I liked Spider Woman just a little bit better, but I really enjoyed mm. both. So, yeah, uh, I would recommend the uh, the Hound of the Baskervilles as well, which is the first one that Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce did together. Mm. But uh, I didn't um I didn't pick that one because that was that was like a direct adaptation of a of the story. It's a very faithful adaptation. I kind of wanted you to. See more of the the typical films that the Universal were doing with with Rathbone okay. and Bruce. Cool. Yeah. All right. So maybe we'll, let's do one of mine, and then we'll go back to one of yours. We'll go back okay. and forth. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, the one that I picked uh, is probably my one of my favorites of Jeremy Brett is uh, was the Adventures uh, of Sherlock Holmes, and it's the Speckled Band. And uh, this is a pretty straightforward adaptation of the of the story. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's about this uh, woman who comes and visits Sherlock. She is very upset. Her uh, uh, stepfather is this brute of a man who uh, has allowed these like gypsies to come stay. Uh, all over the their house and uh um there's this room next to his room uh that his her sister had been sleeping in and she had died in the middle of the night well she ended up having to stay in that room and she started hearing strange noises so she comes and finds uh sherlock because she's so scared and uh that's where he starts to try to figure out what is what's going on what are these noises? And I think that this is really strong for a lot of reasons. I think that, uh, that, that it does really well of sort of building all of these clues. Uh, you kind of know that the stepfather's up to no good, that, that yeah. he's, that he's the villain in here, but I feel like it's kind of generally pretty surprising how it all sort of plays out. And I think that the, the, uh, woman character, the, the, uh, she's really strong. I think that, uh, she's somebody that you actually, it's not just sort of a damsel distress kind of performance. She actually is a really, I think, pretty strong, care, confident character. Uh, and, uh, that I like her performance, the actress's performance. And I, I don't know, I just, I just think this one is really, really good. Uh, and, I think that Jeremy Brett's great in it and it just builds tension really well. And oh, yeah. I don't know. What do you think of this one? I, I, I certainly enjoyed it a lot. It was, um, I didn't go back and look at the, uh, the original story after, after I watched it. It's, um, it's made not quite as, as good as if you didn't know the story and you knew what the, what the solution was. Mm. But, but you're right. It is the story itself. It is, it is very faithfully adapted in a kind of, Hey, and I think, and certainly the best thing about it was the tension I thought with Holmes and Watson waiting to see exactly what's going to happen in the later stages. Right. 
Well, and, yeah. and there's some degree of like tension of that, that Holmes could get hurt by this guy because he's yeah, just yeah. such a brute. He's a, and, he's a nasty piece of work. Yeah, you can see Yeah. That. And you he can see comes, he's involved somehow. It's all just about, it's about figuring out how exactly what he's done. Yeah. And he comes to Baker Street and, you know, threatens them challenges them so that's a yeah. really great scene i think yeah i do like that bit where he's bent the poker and holmes just bends it back yeah yeah yes. that's really good yeah. and uh it it's it's it builds tension pretty well it and you know you've got like an actual fight that that holmes has to be in which is really good and uh i don't know i just wouldn't have guessed the snake and yeah. and you get all of these little clues that Holmes sort of uh, dissects where uh, you know you've got the uh, the um, servant bell that doesn't lead mm. to anywhere you've got yeah. the 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 fact that everything's bolted down uh, there's just all these little clues that you kind of have to put together he's yeah. that most people would never notice and that's what's great about Sherlock Holmes I thought it was a strange thing for when a when a woman's sister is 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 about to die, I, she says it was a speckled band. It's a bit, it's a bit of a strange thing to say, isn't it? When yeah, you've been bitten say, by a snake. Yeah, yeah, you think you'd say it was the snake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. I didn't thought well, of that. I would say the way it's not entirely biology accurate, biologically accurate, because a snakes don't actually drink milk, and b they don't have external ears, so you wouldn't be able to train one with a whistle because it wouldn't be able to hear it. Oh, huh. yeah, didn't know that. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it works. <laughs> yeah. Story. Interesting. All snakes? Yeah, yeah, no no snake has has external ears. They can like they can like hear vibration vibrations produced by sound, but not sound that's traveling in the air. Oh. Huh, interesting. Okay. Uh yeah, and I don't know, cuz some of the uh, the the women can be kind of kind of dopey. Of course, you have Irene Adler, who's really great uh, yeah. in Sherlock Holmes mythology. But I think that that she is one of the better ones. I also really like the um, blue carbuncle uh, woman. The the it's in there. Uh, yeah, I remember that was the one with the uh, Christmas goose, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. And also, I like um, what's it called? The one with the lady who's hired as the governess. Yeah, I think there are a couple of those. It has, to wear the, has to wear the dress. And yeah, that was a good one. They, I, I can't remember what it was called. There was yeah. another governor's story, the uh, solitary cyclist, which I, okay, yeah. which I thought was good. So that was a good female character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's that one? Uh, I can't remember. But yeah, those are really good. And so I, they just do a great job. I, even the music, I just really like this. This is from season one, episode six. Oh. So this is when he's a prime... Uh, towards the later end, you could tell that uh, Jeremy Brett was in poor health and it wasn't right. quite as good. Uh, but I still can find entertainment in a uh, so, in those. So did he die? Did he die? I have to just after filming the the last episodes then. I think so, right. um, but I'm not sure. But right. you can just tell that I don't know. He looks sort of a little bit puffy and a little, and just doesn't look. Uh, that well in some of those mm-hmm. later later seasons. He died in ninety five. Right. Um, when was the the last season? Uh, was in ninety four. So yeah, it's soon after. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he just was born to play. It was one of those instances of the person. It was born to play the part. 
yeah. Like I said, he does. He does seem to reflect the homes from the books really well. You can see how, how, he, how he, he seems quite detached a lot of the time, but then he gets very enthusiastic at the prospect of this mystery. Yeah, I, I like the way he sits as well, quite with his with his hands behind his head, like that. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah this mannerism when he's when he's questioning this world, I mean, like like he is basically running a business. You see that way? Yeah, yeah. No, he does, and he just he has this sort of. Uh, intensity, but also all the classic mannerisms of Sherlock Holmes. And he's just, you see why he, because some of the versions of Sherlock Holmes, he's more like a sort of a Sheldon Cooper type where you're like, boy, this person is very hard to get along with and very difficult Mm -hmm. and whatever. And I, I get that version, but I, in this one, you totally see why, uh, Sherlock Holmes would be somebody you'd want to sort of why you'd be drawn to him. I think yeah. in this version. Yeah. So also, um, I'm not sure Watson kind of gives as much of an impression in uh, in this. I mean, he's still kind of the the everyman character, and he has some. Yeah. You can see some qualities still like being a little bit awkward, and and when he, I mean, this episode he wanted to make sure he would be fed, but uh, he, but he said, it's a it's a bit difficult to translate him because he's the first person narrator in the original stories telling us what Holmes is doing because basically we're there for Holmes. Yeah, well, and there were two different uh, home, uh, Watsons in the series. I think that both the ones I picked have the same one though. Um, I forgot, but anyway, uh, yeah, they, this one has David Burke. Uh, but then there was another, another one. I don't know if I think later on I forget who, who it was. But anyway, um, so yeah, uh, it it was just very entertaining and it was just something I watched. We watched these a lot as a kid. And it started in 1984 and went until 94, so 10 years, decade playing a role. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I wonder if you ever got um, you ever got tired of it because Buzz Rathbone eventually left the. The Sherlock Holmes film series because he was he was tired of being typecast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he had a he had a real difficulty with that. I, I probably is my guess uh, because you probably would get sort of typecast because he didn't really yeah. do anything else during. I'm looking at his uh, IMDb. Yeah. And, Jeremy uh, Brett. So. Yeah, Jeremy Brett during those yeah. years. Uh, there's uh, really nothing else. But Sherlock Holmes during that whole decade, uh, there's a couple things uh, like he was on an episode of The Love Boat in 1984. Uh, there are a few little things, but nothing much. And uh, but yeah, I mean, of course, you can see Jeremy Brett in My Fair Lady <laughs> uh, playing. Oh, you've never seen My Fair Lady? No, I'm not, uh, he, no, I'm not the biggest fan of musicals. Oh, okay. Well, he plays Freddie Highmore in uh, My Fair Lady. He he uh, sings the song on the street where you live. Uh, anyway, it's really it's a lot of fun. It's just so funny to see him in the totally different kind of role because because right. Freddie is a very like very needy. He's very weak character, so it's very different <laughs> than Sherlock. So. All right. Well, so let's talk about Sherlock Holmes and the Spider Woman. Okay. Uh, for a little bit. So this uh, film, uh, I guess, was also from 1943. 
Yeah, I think so, it um it was one that immediately followed the the fa- face's death. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. so this is really interesting. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, well, basically the story it's actually a, it's actually kind of an original story that uses a number of different elements from uh, from different um, Holmes stories. It starts off with all these um, all these suicides going on in London from men who were who were just uh, locked up in their bedrooms and just suddenly decided to commit suicide. And meanwhile, Holmes and Watson are on holiday in Scotland, and Holmes tells tells Watson he's not going to investigate this because he's actually he's actually dying. He's going to, he's having a hemorrhage, and that, and soon after that he um he, he falls off a cliff and apparently dies. And so we get these few minutes where he, where he appears to be there, but then he suddenly turns up again in disguise. And that he and he explains it again. He's done that to where uh, he to kind of make the uh, get the killer to let let their guard down because it but it turns out these these pajama suicides are actually murders being committed by this mur- this woman called Adria Spedding. I think her name is. And so as so her home starts investigating, he goes to find talk to Spedding in disguise, and and then tries to he tries to kind of become her next victim, and he finds out she's she's getting these men to commit suicide by. I am putting a spider in their rooms, like with the speckled band. Mm-hmm. And then we get this guy, cat and mouse game, where, game where Holmes is trying to catch spelling out and she's trying to do away with him. Yeah, I really yeah. like that. I think it's one of the best uh, original story Sherlock's yeah. that I, Sherlock Holmes original stories that I've heard, I've seen. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even known, I don't think, it, that it wasn't uh, an original, an actual a Conan Doyle story if I didn't know Conan Doyle pretty well uh, and I I just, I just really enjoyed this from start to finish I thought that that uh, she was great, a great villain uh, yeah. kind of reminded me of Irina Adler a little bit just in her, her how smart she was and her confidence yeah. against Holmes and some of the different things Yeah, a lot more evil certainly more evil than Irina Adler yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean some people evil there's different ways in which people portray Irene Adler, and that he, and he, he gets stuff like in the the BBC series where she's where she's more of a, a villainous character. Yeah. But I think in the original story she's just kind of in opposition to Holmes, rather really being properly evil herself. But yeah. I kind of think it's the I really think it's the villain that really makes this story. So spending is just really, really great. Just how just how kind of charming and smiley she is when is in when she's planning to kill somebody. And, she, and hardly ever seems to lose her cool at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah all, I think this would be a really good one to actually, if they are going to do another Downey one, I think this is the story that they sh- that they should adapt. I think this would fit yeah. really well with that with that aesthetic. But uh, the uh, I thought that it was really just fun. It was fun all the way through. I thought yeah. his coming out uh, coming back to life was really fun. Yeah. And, and especially like Lestrange's reaction was hilarious. Yeah. And <laughs> what did you think of the fact that they, uh, that they decided to pretend to kill off Holmes in the first few minutes? Did you? I loved it. I thought that was super yeah. fun. I, like, obviously you know that it's not real. And so like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, it was just really, uh, to see him in that. I, I love it when he's in like the makeup and yeah. uh, coming. I thought that was very enjoyable. Yeah, Rathbone is in disguise a lot as, as Holmes. He does a lot of that. You eventually start kind of looking out for him when he watched a few films. Yeah. Cause yeah. like in the, in the, um, Sherlock, 
uh, series, he he comes back to life like that, but it's made like a way bigger deal. So it's kind of feels sort of gimmicky. Yeah. Uh, and it feels kind of mean too, sort of mean spirited. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, I, it's, it's just so quick and it's so, yeah, uh, that he doesn't, it's, a, it's just a few minutes and you, and you kind of know it's not going to stick. Yeah. Yeah. So it's but just fun. I kind of wonder if maybe shocked audiences a bit in 1943. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. You mentioned the BBC series. Uh, you know, there's this bit in the film where, where this, uh, this man comes to visit Holmes and he's wearing dark glasses and this wig and this, and Watson thinks it's, it's Holmes in disguise. I thought that was a very funny scene. Yeah, and, and it reminded me of the of that of this basically equivalent scene in the in in the in the first episode of the BBC series after after Sherlock has gone back where Watson's Watson's got this guy in his in his doctor's office and he's like it's not even a good disguise Sherlock where'd you get it from a joke shop <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I forgot about that yeah. that's true yeah, yeah. and uh, I really like uh, the the lady who plays the Spider Woman I thought that. Mm. Uh, she, I guess, mm-hmm. name is Gail Sondergaard. Yeah. She had a, I think, an old school Hollywood kind of feel to her. I thought she was, she was very, uh, had a lot of charisma. Yeah, it's a uh, Basil. Yeah, definitely the kind that really fits into this, uh, this sort of era, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know what he, I mean the the few, I mean Sally Musgrave in the uh, the in Sherlock Holmes faces death. I thought, yeah, I thought the. She, she kind of showed to be a bit more of a stronger female character with what she does at the end with burning the ground. But aside from that, she's a bit mm. traditionally dramatic and, and weepy. Yeah. But this is but this is a very different kind of female character, and I really like it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Uh, it kind of ma- reminded me of like Greta Garbo or or somebody like yeah. that from that era. Yeah. I think I just um. He, he, I think I've heard, heard that she uh, he the Gale he. Gail Sondergaard. She actually appeared in another film called The uh, The Spider Woman Strikes Back. Oh. Which uh, I haven't seen it, but apparently it was um it wasn't the same character as such. It was kind of the same kind of character uh, because people had um have been so taken with her performance in in this film. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's just very strong. She's very commanding. She's she's yeah. really good, and. So I, I'm just, I like this whole sort of conceit of this, all these people like committing suicide and why, and what's the connection. Yeah. And like, that's just interesting. And it's a really good hook to get you into the story. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, I face his death. The whole thing is a bit more linear, isn't it? It's mostly set in one place. And it's like this one mystery and that, but this kind of goes a bit back and forth with what the characters are doing and the details that Holmes is trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Like first he, First he figures out who's behind it, and then he has to figure out the details of how they've been doing it, and goes to various places yeah. like the like the entomologists. Yeah, so the, they're sort of different. Each, each sort of level along the way, they yeah. you sort of follow Holmes, and yeah. I I really like anything with sort of a circus motif. I always think that's fun, yeah. and uh, I thought that this whole fairground, this whole thing. Uh, the final act, I guess, was mm. so good. It was very well done. And especially this whole conceit of this shooting game. Yeah. And and uh, she, you know, straps Holmes to this game and here Watson is going to be playing the game. And so he could potentially shoot Holmes. So that, that whole scene with, and he's like trying to break the bands 
and yeah. you, you just builds tension really well. I thought that that was really good. Yeah. And it's really only by pure chance that Holmes survives at all, because if Watson had just been concentrating a bit more, he would have yeah. killed him. Right, yeah. yeah. And then you have that, the concept of the fact that Holmes allows himself to get trapped again. Mm-hmm. He puts it, he puts himself in danger and almost dies as a result. Yeah. It's really yeah. just like his, his own arrogance in a way. It was a really fun set piece, I thought, and yeah, worked yeah. really well. And just the whole concept of the possibility of Watson shooting Holmes was, was really yeah, good. I know, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I, 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 I like, I said, I liked this a little bit better than the other one, but I, I really enjoyed both of them a lot more than I expected to. Well, I don't know why, because I love Sherlock Holmes, so I should have expected. Yeah. But, would you, uh, say, that they, would you say that they've aged well? I think so. I do. I think yeah. so. I, I think, uh, it's not like one of those movies where I'm like, wow, it's like so beautifully shot. I mean, it's fine. It's certainly adequate, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a serviceable, filmmaking i would say yeah but uh it it was just i found him so charismatic i found that yeah. that so entertaining and i thought that both of them just were classic detective oh, yeah. stories which i like yeah i mean just apart from the fact that the um i think maybe the use of the pygmy is slightly politically incorrect that's how we've uh, seen yeah. these days but aside from that it's still it's still very watchable today right Exactly. I, I mean, I've watched this a million times over <laughs> the Sherlock season four. I'll tell you that right now. Mm. So uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, just the whole conceit of this spider that makes you commit suicide is very, it's yeah, very yeah. good. It's very, very, very fun. So, uh, okay. So let's talk about the last one here. So the one, the other one that I picked for, uh, for this, uh, Jeremy Brett side is called The Man with the Twisted Lip. And uh, I don't know if this is most people, one of most people's favorites, but I've always really liked it. I think it's very clever. Uh, it's, um, from the season three, uh, episode five. And, uh, this is basically the story is, is, uh, this, uh, woman has been her husband has been missing for several days she ends up in this part of london and she sees her husband out of this in this like horrible part of town this this horrible thing and sees him through a window uh and uh, she tries to find him but uh they claims oh there's nobody up there it's just this this beggar man and so she goes to Holmes to try to figure out who that man was and where her husband is. And she even gets this letter from him. And so he has to kind of track, track it down and figure out who, uh, where her husband is and who the man with the twisted lip is. Mm. And uh, I don't know. What do you think of this one? I, I thought it was very well made, but uh, I was a little bit dissatisfied with the, the mystery because we're not really kind of solving the mystery along with Holmes. We're just kind of given the situation and then Holmes figures it out by himself and just, and then reveals it. Okay. Then, but again, the, the, but again, the way it was produced was really good. The, the You get this very rich, authentic London environment. You can always see people doing stuff in the background. Yeah. And the dirty streets and the rough people. It, uh, it, it all seems very authentic. And as, like I said, I was very impressed that they were able to, to do that with the, the kind of budget you normally get for British television. Yeah, agreed. And I I just thought that... Uh, I don't know. To me, it was always sort of surprising that, or that I love the scene when he, uh, he, 
he storms into the jail, uh, homes, you know, and, and gets the, and starts wiping yeah. away the, and you realize, oh my gosh, that he's the man, like, yeah. he's been hiding as this beggar. And you got all these clues as far as the, the, uh, jacket with the coins. And also this one starts out really odd. It's very strange, uh, yeah. where it starts out with Watson going to help a friend of his yeah. whose husband is in an opium den. And while he is there, he sees, uh, Holmes there at the opium den. Which is an interesting sort of part of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, it, it, there's kind of there's quite disorienting music in the Opium Den, wasn't there? Yeah, and it's yeah. just sort of a a weird I, a weird thing I think to have your hero uh, of your sort of story that's has these addictions and has these things, uh, mm. but uh, you know, obviously he's doing it partly to as part of his detective work, but still, yeah. I don't know. It's just sort of a an interesting part of Sherlock Holmes, I think, and it's yeah. If you, yeah, if you know if you know Holmes in to that degree, and you know that he does a uh, he does dabble in drugs a little bit, that it, he, he does make you a little bit worried for him to see him in an opium den. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he I, says he basically uses the the drugs to kind of cope with the times where he's not being stimulated by a mystery. Yeah. yeah. So this one has the other uh, uh, Watson by Edward yeah. Hardwick. Edward Hardwick. Yeah. Then then the other uh, then the. Uh, speckled van so it's kind of interesting and they're very similar so there's not a huge difference i guess but uh but i really like the the guy who plays the the man with the uh twisted lip and this whole conceit of sort of this this man from this rich man who decides to become a beggar because he can make uh, more money uh begging than uh, than he can doing whatever else he was doing. And so he, you know, hides it, hides it out. And uh, he doesn't want to, you know, sort of admit. Uh, do you think that, do you buy that he would keep it the, the secret as long as he does? Hey. Even well, so in jail? Keep, keeping it a secret, I suppose, it would be possible. I just, I'm quite surprised he was able to make that much money from begging to live such a, uh, a oppressive lifestyle. They do make a lot of money uh, yeah. sometimes. These these uh, depending on, yeah. I I've seen exposés and stuff even now that they can make a ton, a ton yeah. of money. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it it I guess he was particularly charismatic the way he would quote Shakespeare and and yeah. uh, sort of entertain uh, people. And it sounds like he had kind of regulars who would who would give him money. So that probably yeah. helped quite a bit. Yeah. You know, like I say the acting, particularly in the um, the guise of Boone the beggar, is is really good. And I do quite like the way they they handled that that washing scene with yeah. like her, like Holmes looking quite intense and holding the rag up to the camera, obviously like this threatening way. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's really good, and yeah. uh, I don't know. I just think that uh, it's it, this is also a really good one of uh, Holmes completely owning. Scotland Yard like they they are so wrong they 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 like they have see all the same clues but they don't understand them the way that uh that Holmes does I mean Mm. he is just on a whole nother level which I always enjoy that that's fun element when he uh (laughs) 
when Lestrange yeah. and the, the the crew at Scotland Yard look look like yeah. idiots. Oh yeah. When it turns out that the when it turns out that the husband is the the beggar, you can't you can't think it is the um maybe trying to figure solutions, it is the most obvious one for what's been going on. The most, the most logical one. But then you and then you can't get the extra elements of just trying to figure out why would he do something like that. So that he, so I quite like how that was done. Yeah. I like uh, that uh, that this one review I read said that uh, um, it says here, but above all, Brett enjoyed representing Holmes immersed in the stillness of a deep meditation. And when perched on his oriental divan, he smokes and meditates until the sun rises and the truth dawns on him. The scene is quite spellbinding. Yeah, I like that bit, seeing him at the window with the smoke around him. Yeah. And then, and then him washing his face and just kind of clapping his hands together as he figures it out. Yeah. It's yeah. really. He just, he just seems to become possessed once he has the answer, doesn't he? Yeah. It says, yeah. it says, however, there is no monotony in Brett's acting. For as soon as he has found the key to the riddle, his, his Holmes becomes again the admirable, eccentric, and an entertaining embodiment of indefatigable energy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'd agree. Uh, I'd agree. I don't know. I just, I just really enjoy. I think the 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 woman is actually pretty pretty decent in this yeah, one yeah. too. I mean, yeah. she uh, she's strong enough to still believe, I guess, in her husband uh, yeah. and believe that he's alive. And they and uh, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I was really convinced by her performance. You can kind of get that she's. You can't believe how just how emotional she is over this situation and trying to hold it all together. I thought it was a very yeah. good performance. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's. A, do you have others of the Jeremy Brett that you um, particularly like, or there? I think the, one, of, one of probably call best is the um, the solitary cyclist. Okay. And the uh, and the final problem. Mm. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head any um, other. Yeah, individual ones I, I've remembered. There were, oh, there was the, um, I think it was Four Bridge with the, uh, with like, with like the, the, the murder that was actually a suicide. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's we the, like the, the gun the, on the rope and the, and the weight. Yeah, the Dancing Men is really good. I like that yeah. one. That, he has to put together this, there's this clue of this, uh, the Dancing Men. And uh, the Norwood Builder, I like. Uh, oh, yeah. There's there's so many good ones. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, I guess we covered all four. Uh, but what do you think, uh, before uh, sort of our final, why do you think that Sherlock Holmes has been so popular and remains so popular to this day? What do you think mm-hmm. is about the character and the stories and everything like that? Well, I suppose he, as he appeals to people in the same way like a, a superhero does. It's just great to watch someone and do, doing all these doing these amazing things, and also you kind of feel like you could do that if you right. were if you were able to think in quite the same way. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, and I think that he's a character that is easily placed in any era. Like you can yeah. have him in the 1940s, you can have him in 2000, uh, you know, 17, whatever, and and it's just works like i know yeah. it's 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 not a um uh a character that feels tied down to a particular yeah. era or 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 style or whatever yeah in fact in the um 
when in the first of the Universal films, when they first moved Sherlock Holmes into the 1940s, they actually put this little message on screen that says, Sherlock Holmes, the immortal character of fiction created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, is ageless, invincible and unchanging. In solving significant problems of the present day, he remains, as ever, the supreme master of deductive reasoning. But that was their justification. Yeah. yeah. That, that says it as good as you can say it. Yeah. Uh, but I think you're right. I think there is that appeal of, of that uh, we could maybe be like Sherlock if we thought yeah. of things and we broke it down and broke down the clues. And and uh, they're, they're really good stories. Uh, they're, they're good. Yeah. People like, I think there's just something timeless about good mystery stories. Yeah. Yeah. Conan Doyle, he really crafted these great mysteries, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He just, yeah. He had to make you guess what the answer was. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. all right. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much yeah. for okay. uh, joining me with this. This was fun. Uh, you know, like I said, it was something my Sherlock Holmes is just something my dad loves so much. That was yeah. uh, definitely something I grew up with and it's fun to talk about, talk about him with you. And, and I definitely want to watch more of these Nigel, uh, I mean, uh, these Basil Rathbone uh, yeah. ones because I thought that it was very entertaining. Yeah. So yeah, I recommend the, uh, the Hound of the Baskervilles best. It was a, I think, I think that's probably the best one. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, where can people find you? Uh, my Twitter is PNE Richard. I have a blog, uh, velociraptor256.wordpress.com. I also have my own YouTube channel, which is just uh, Richard Southworth. Cool. And you've been doing your top 10 favorite movies. I... Yeah, that's right. I've done, uh, I've done six so far. Yeah, they've been really good. I've enjoyed them. Oh, thank uh, you. So, all right. Well, I'll have uh, links in the uh, description section. You guys can check it out. And uh, we will uh, see you guys. We will figure out something to talk about uh, uh, for September, October-ish time, and we'll uh, let you know when that's going to be. It'll be fun. So, and you can find me at SmilingLDSGirl on social media. Uh, The next podcast I planned is uh, on Thursday. uh, I am going to be uh, meeting with uh, Christine for his, for the chick flicks uh, podcast. We're going to be talking about bridge over the river Kwai. And actually tomorrow, I mean, not tomorrow on Sunday, I'm going to be doing a summer movie wrap up uh, review or whatever with my friend, David, we did a preview. So now this is the, the will be the wrap up. So that should be fun too. So something to look forward to. And, uh, and thanks so much. Okay.